What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 10 of the Shandy Special. I'm your host, Dustin Shandival, and I'm honored to welcome back on the show Detroit News beat writer Rod Beard. Rod, it's, it's cold and wet here in Arkansas. How's it looking in Detroit right now? Do you have like three coats on right now or what? You know, I'm making it with a sweatshirt right now, but when I go outside, it is a scarf, hats, everything else. It's the full Monty. Nice. So you're not really pulling the uh, the Johnny Kane get up from yesterday in the office, are you? No, that was so funny. Uh, <laughs> that was, I think he was doing some work on his house or doing something, and uh, he just came to practice that way, but it looked like Super Mario. That was, that was funny stuff. See, it kind of reminded me of something Kyle Kuzma would wear if he walked up into a game. I, I got Kuzma vibes. <laughs> so, uh, Rod, you came from a practice earlier today with the Pistons, and it made me think, uh, who would win in a three-point shootout between you and Andre? I'd say best of ten. You think you can take the big man on? So I guess the better question is uh, you or James Edwards? Oh, no, James, James. We, we play horse uh, probably two or three times a week, and I might win once every two weeks or something. He's, he's a different type of uh, player, <laughs> and I'm just a uh, – I'm over the hill. I, I, my my t- prime time was 20 years ago, so he's got me there. Okay. We might need a little uh, live periscope action one day of your horse game. I think that would actually get viewers and listeners in, so maybe think about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> it'd be exciting. Uh, but anyways, uh, today's episode, we're going to kind of hit Reggie's return last night, which he looked really, really impressive coming off 40, 41 games being out. Um, before we get into that, I just want to ask Rod, as a beat writer, I know that you you despise the Twitter trade machine deals you get on the daily. But as a beat writer covering another trade deadline, we're two weeks away now. Is it an exciting time for you, or do you simply dread it because of all the trade machines coming through to your end? and just all the rumors swirling around with, with not much credibility. Well, I will say this. I've gotten far fewer this year than I do in a typical year, and maybe they people just understand my disdain for it, and they, <laughs> they don't send the foolish ones anymore. But I think it's I time because it gets your, your brain moving, and you try to figure out yeah. things that could work and teams that might be potential trade partners. And you try to work some of those things out and see, well, hey, what's this team looking forward? For, for example, Dallas, mm-hmm. um, with Dwight Powell going down uh, for the season, they certainly need a center. But mm-hmm. what type of gymnastics would they have to do with their roster and their salaries to make anything like that work? And even in a, a drumming case right now, um, what team is willing to give up picks? What's the, what's mm-hmm. the rest of it? So it's, it's the exercise in being more of a general manager and understanding Speaking of Dallas, I mean, everyone's immediate thought was Andre Drummond once Dwight Powell went down. But then the, the initial report comes out that they're looking at guys like Joakim Noah or G League guys. So maybe that even tells you right there. But then Dallas, another report came out today saying that they have the interest in Andre. So the initial reports kind of have me thinking, you know, and they have tough salaries to match. And they don't have a lot of picks to go around. So I'm not thinking maybe Dallas is going to make a move for Andre. But it's definitely an interesting thought to think of, you know, adding into the mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that does have the assets, does have the picks, or does have something else. And that's the other piece. Even when you're thinking about this and you say, well, Atlanta doesn't work anymore. Well, Atlanta could work if they have a third team that comes in that really wants it. The Knicks and Atlanta were the two teams that were really bandied about to be that. Well, maybe mm-hmm. there's somehow that all three of those teams could work together with the business that that somehow works out. But again, it's still two weeks left. I think they're, they were gauging the market to see what value there is. And I think they know what it is now, but in the last two weeks, and especially maybe the last week or last few days, things get heated up a little bit more, and you might be able to revisit some of those. So would you think it's realistic to think that maybe they throw in a Langston or a Markeith with Andre if you do a three-team deal like this with maybe Dallas as one of the teams? Yeah, it, I, I think 
And speaking on D-Row, since you threw his name in here right now, uh, there was a report came out from the Athletics today that the Pistons were asking for a first-round pick in exchange for Rose, which I don't think is out of the question with a really nice contract-friendly deal for another year. Um, you look at the Lakers, they don't even have a first-round pick to offer. So do you think that we he would still be moved to L.A.? Are they still a possibility, even regardless of them not having a first-round pick? Would it be more of a three-team deal if Rose goes to the Lakers? And that's the million-dollar question right now with two weeks leading up. I think for even the front office um, in Gores is, is what do they want this team to be? What can this team be? And I was looking at the schedule, and I'm sure you know too. I mean, the next 10 games, the Pistons only face two teams with records 10-plus wins over 500, being the Raptors and Nuggets. So if you go to February 3rd against Memphis, uh, that's the eighth game of this stretch. Very winnable games over the next eight. Uh, do you think that's a good game? They could analyze this roster, this team, and then maybe from there you have a th- two-day, three-day window to decide, okay, here's what we're going to do. I- I'm sure they're looking at deals, maybe already possibilities, they're listening to the market, things like that, but do you think February 3rd is a realistic day of maybe eight games in? They they could be seven seed by then realistically, you know, with, with uh, Brooklyn and Orlando kind of being bad right now. Orlando's had a good win streak. But is is that realistic to think about maybe eight games in the third of February, two two days before? What do you think about that? So 
so let's just start there with Andre Drummond then. I mean, it, what are you thinking? Because, I mean, it was pretty clear they're, they're looking for deals right now with two weeks left to go. Kind of give me a percentage, maybe a probability you think he will actually be gone by trade deadline. That's what I was going to talk about. You said $28 million, what he can make uh, next year with the player option. If the market still stays dry in the next two weeks, Andre sees that. I'm sure Andre sees the social media talk, you know, the negativity that, that surrounds him on social media. And, and if the market's dry, no one really wants him or is going for him. I've seen some takes on Twitter where people are saying, you know, maybe he opts in. Maybe that's still a slight possibility. Do you think that's any possibility whatsoever if he stays on this team after All-Star break, especially given the fact that he's come out and said, I love Detroit. I would love to stay here. Or is that just completely out of the picture with that player option? No, I, I've said that probably a month, two months ago, that I think yeah. the best thing was for him to opt in. Yeah. And because it at least tells a, a potential trade partner, now you've got him for an additional year. And it may be on a bloated number, but there were reports out today that the reason the Atlanta trade didn't work was because they were scared off by the number that he wanted in an extension. Mm. So it's, it's telling you, Atlanta might mm. want him, but mm. they're not going to pay him an exorbitant amount in a contract extension. And it, we don't know what that number is, but again, I'm, I'm saying somewhere in the 20 to 25 million range is probably what they would be looking for, if not a little bit more than that. In fact, there might be a team that's out there that's going to give him a max deal. I just don't know who that team would be. And for Atlanta right now, the, the issue is giving up an additional asset if you're going to mm-hmm. try to sign him in the offseason anyway. And that's always what's been confusing about Atlanta trying to make a trade for him. Now, why would you do it if you could, you're not buying for the playoffs this year? Yeah. And if you can do it in free agency anyway, why are you giving up an asset in order to do it? Maybe you're trying to um, get him indoctrinated and to get a short-term um short-term picture of whether him and Trey Young could work together, but you could just as easily just wait till the summer and try to do some of that. Yeah, and most of the teams interested in Andre right now that we've been reported and known about are most teams who aren't really fighting for playoffs. you got the Mavericks who could be, you know, obviously going to the playoffs if they keep going uh, right, but that leads me to believe that. Do you really think we can get a pick? Because I know the Mavs pick is like, what, the 32nd pick? It'd be like the first pick of the second round. That's really all they could offer pick-wise. Do you think we could actually get draft pick for Andre, or is it going to just end up being expiring? Maybe a young guy, if we're lucky. Yeah, see, if you're getting an expiring, it's almost the same thing. If you're sure yeah. that he's opting out, then getting an expiring for him really does you no good. It's, yeah. it's the yeah. same thing. His contract's coming off, that contract's coming off. Yeah. dollar question. 
And that's my question is if Andre is moved, I think the dominoes will fall. I think other guys will get moved. But I feel like if Andre isn't dealt, then is that a scenario where, okay, maybe you look at it where Reggie came back last night, 22 points, looked pretty great. If you get Kennard back after All-Star break, you have a young, you have a nice core. You don't have Blake, of course, but you have a competitive team if Andre stays around. You know, it, that that's my thing is if Andre isn't moved, do you think they'll – They'll move other pieces, or are they going to try and, you know, just we'll see what happens the rest of this year, except the fact that Andre's going to walk for nothing? Yeah, I think they're just going to try to, to move everybody. I, yeah. I think they'll at least take calls, and they'll yeah. listen, and if what they feel is the value is there, I, I don't see this front office as one that's going to take lesser value, and they're going to try to yeah. uh, get as much as they can. And we saw that last year with the Stanley trade and the, um, and the Bullock trade getting seen Mm-hmm. to be able to do something and then you can flip those things to, to do what they did on draft night with Cleveland to try to get cash, to try to get work picks, to try to do whatever. The more assets you have like that, the better you position yourself to be able to do things in free agency, in the draft, in, in during the season. They were just painted into a corner with mm-hmm. the, the roster inflexibility that they had before and then the cap inflexibility that they just didn't do very much of anything. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what this front office is Another reason why I think retooling might be an option is just you look at what the front office passed on with with the Russell Westbrook rumors with the Mike Conley rumors. They're showing that they're not going to do anything too outlandish, too crazy, too risk taking to to harm the future of this franchise. With Blake only being for two more years, you know you could come out of this pretty well with the young pieces already being built with literally nothing. Once you have the money, like you said, maybe Andre doesn't come back, then all of a sudden. Team's in a pretty good position, you know. Franchise is in a, maybe a good futuristic position that can keep building around this core. So, I, I I trust in this front office more than I ever have in my life. Yeah, it, it, it seems like they they understand the value of these assets, but then it is again, what's the overall direction? Is 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 yeah. Tom Gore saying they need to win in two years, in four years? Um, can they be just mediocre again? And, and team like Memphis Grizzlies I mean and, and they were kind of in the tank for a few years and people are telling me man Detroit seems to do a tank like the Grizzlies did and they will a bad few years but then they'll be better off after but you look at how they got John Morant they're objected an 8-9 pick which we were close to I think a week or so ago and they jumped into number two it definitely takes some luck you can't just tank and automatically assume you're going to have a top three pick and have a great future you know after a few years that's what people don't realize um, all right Phoenix with all of the picks that they had, and people point to the, the, the Sixers as being the, the, 
topic question about Zion. Do you think if Zion comes in, has a great rest of the season, averages 15, 20 a game, is there any way he could catch John Morant Rook of the Year, or is John going to pretty much have it? Fan of the Zion cam, let me just be in. Some of the anxiety that's coming out in the NBA with you know Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, those kind of guys. I mean, if Zion is a guy who struggles with that, you know, he, he can get down easily, get depressed easily. You would think that all this media coverage is almost like hoping to set him up for failure. And, and if that if that ever came out where Zion struggled with that because of all this coverage, that could be a big negative for the NBA. I feel like. crazy to think that we'll have this 10 times worse when Bronny gets in the NBA. It's going to be worlds worse than Zion coverage, I feel like, or anything. There's going to be cameras of Bronny's head, Bronny's legs, Bronny's arms, Bronny's feet. You know, like four separate cameras for each. (laughs) It's going to be worse. But I also uh, want to throw out there, I think Detroit News should look into a a Rod Beard can during each game that you can watch. Hey, you you can get you know two ninety nine a game. You know, I mean, you take the money back. You know, I mean, it's not that's not bad. Yeah. Nice. Brussels sprouts at a Pistons game. I've never even thought about possibly getting that in my life at a game, but. I, I, I okay. I would test the waters. You know, you can do a league pass free preview. You know, like a, a one a one game trial. You give yourself a body cam. I think it'd be pretty amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you see from the the riders' perspective, and well, honestly, that gets into some copyright issues because if you look up, we're all watching the game with you, so that could be illegal. But. Um, <laughs> of stuff that I do, Man. pre-game, post-game, in the game. 
But it makes you think, you know, it, it could be entertaining. You know, people are saying the ratings are going down. This is one idea to get them back up. I'm just saying, I've got, I've got good ideas. From a writer, no. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I mean, that sounds good to me. But let's get to some of that interesting moments as a beat writer. Let's talk about Reggie a little bit here. He kind of hit some of his marks after last night, which I don't think anybody saw his performance coming. He literally looked fine, like he had a new back, like he was moving great, driving the lane, throwing lobs. I mean, he was doing what a point guard should be doing with a guy like Andre Drummond on the roster. It was a great sight to see. 22 points, three boards, four assists, 19 minutes, three threes. The three at the end of the at the buzzer of the third quarter, it was just very great to see Reggie doing what he loves. Um, and, and so, taking me to the locker room after that game, what was Reggie's spirits like? Because you know, I, I read a piece I think from James this morning where everyone was waiting on him to come out and talk. What was it like to talk to Reggie after a performance like last night? about Reggie moving forward. You have two weeks before the trade deadline. He looked good last night. It's probably going to be brought along slowly. What is the outlook for Reggie on this team? I, I know a Jordan Piston thoughts on Twitter. He asks, which Reggie outcome do we see? If Reggie plays like tonight or close to it, do you see him having a trade value? Is he leaving free agency or is there the possibility? I know it's been squashed many times before talking to people around Pistons Nation. Do they bring him back maybe on a small deal that's pretty cheap and contract friendly for the Pistons. What are your thoughts on Reggie the rest of the year? I think it, the contract would have to be very friendly. Yeah. It would have to be friendly and intimate. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and I don't even know what the next level of that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. A thousand. They, they, yeah. have to go, they have to go a little bit um, lower on the number. And if he's at 18.1 this year, I think you would have to get down in the single digits. Yeah. So my thought here is Reggie missing most of the first half and, and Derrick Rose kind of being Drummond's point guard. And, and Rose being probably more a scorer than a facilitator, Reggie obviously being the latter. He can do both, obviously, but he's a good passer as well. Did, did Jackson being out hurt Drummond's value? Do you think Drummond would have more value on the market if he had Jackson with him the entire year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the sad thing to think about the possibility of Andre going to a team like the Mavs, going to a team like the Hawks, being having a feature there with Luca, with Trey. I think a lot of the naysayers and haters of Andre Drummond in Detroit would quickly find out they actually had a good player in Andre. Is he is he covering the Pistons for as long as you have? Is he one of the most undervalued guys in the Detroit Pistons uniform? And I agree. And you think about his his value. When you see him off the floor, you see the rebounding go down a significant amount. You see our guys not being able to box out. I'm able to get the rebounds that Andre literally can gobble any rebound that he wants up. And his best value might be third third player third option on a team. So you put him in Dallas with Chris Thompson, Luca. You put him with a good point guard Trey and John Collins being a third option. It's almost an unfortunate narrative of Andre in Detroit because you even see him respond to people on social media like. He, he sees the negative energy. He responds to some of the negative energy. And it's crazy to me also that he would want to stay in Detroit for so long because he's been so underappreciated. And he's been in the wrong environments for most of his career. He hasn't had the best players surrounding him to make him his best. decision. It's just crazy thought for me uh, as far as 
the, the thought that Andre possibly could take that player option because it's a lot of money and he's probably not seeing that kind of money. But I also understand, you know, if he doesn't take it, if he takes player option this year, then the next year there'll be better free agents on the market than Andre. So I can see both sides of it. Right, and I, I think he, for, again, for me, I think he would, if he opted in this year and had a good year next year, um, and if this was made the playoffs, that makes him more attractive. If they miss no. the playoffs this year, he's still going to be the, one of the top free agent uh, targets, but it's still, what's that number going to be? And yeah. it, 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 his agents may have um, a better clue of what the market's going to look like. I just think it's going to be really dry because he's a center who Yeah, and I kind of want to ask, as far as trade deadline goes, I mean, two weeks away, how accessible is Ed Stefanski for you beat riders? Can you reach out to him kind of whenever? I know he obviously keeps things hush-hush. He doesn't want things to get out as far as plans go, things like that. But how often can you talk to Ed if you try to reach out to him? Before we go into our final thoughts here, you kind of gave Andre a percentage as far as him being moved before the deadline. Kind of talk about Derrick Rose, Markeith Langston. Do you see Rose being almost a guarantee of being moved out, or do you, could you see possibility of him staying? And, and I know James Edwards at one point thought of maybe Derrick Rose being the guy next year as far as starting point guard. What do you think as far as probabilities that they'll be moved as well, starting with Derrick Rose? the biggest I mean that's been the biggest thing all along in this podcast is, is really knowing where this front office is at and, and that's also a curious thing for me is will Tom Gores because I know this has happened before where you know leading up to something important or crucial Tom Gores will be at a game you guys get some quotes out of him do you think maybe that'll happen before the trade deadline where you can kind of get a tell of really where the team's at right now Um, trade things and, and the, the thinking and the direction 
and that'll make your job, I bet, so much easier if you can just know that and not to worry about any of these these scenarios and everything going on. Um, but before we get to the uh, final thoughts here, Rod, I just want to get your own personal Rod Beard opinion here. What what do you want to see from the Pistons at the trade deadline? So the question is always asked, if this team was healthy with Blake being the Blake from last year, I mean, do you think this is a 4-5 seed in the East? the harsh reality that we have to face as a uh, Pistons fan base. So, uh, good times. But anyways, let's get to our uh, final thoughts. And uh, we had a few questions from Twitter. The first one being from Tony Nebraska. It's actually his birthday today, Rod. I don't know if you know that. Um, but happy birthday to Tony. Um, big fan of his. But Tony Nebraska asks you, Rod, what is your favorite Pistons Twitter interactions? You could have a few or maybe one or none. You know, if you have none. So, <laughs> whatever you think. blocking a lot of people this year or has the number gone down from last year I want to see the list of uh, blocks that Vince has has had on Twitter. I feel like he can probably block three or four people a day from what I've seen. Like he-
Okay. All right. I respect that. Great answer. All right, Rod. Here's your most important advice, though. You probably saw this. Uh, Jordan Piston Thoughts. He wanted to get your opinion or your advice for the best dating advice you could give to me. And, and Jordan wants it as well. And also Brandon Engel is asking for advice as well. When's the last time you gave dating uh, advice, Rod? I give dating advice all the time. Oh, good. Okay. Veteran. Veteran. <laughs> disagree at all so if you were a, a young 24 single man on the market in this day and age what would be your ideal first date So what is your wife, how does she view the, the Pistons and your covering of it? Is she a fan? Is she watching the games? Or is she just kind of listen to you rant about them when you get home and that's about it? <laughs> Well, I'm going to take your advice to heart. Maybe it works. If it does, I'll give you credit. You know, if I get married because of your advice, I'll invite you to be maybe the best man or groomsman. You know, maybe you can come and, and, and enjoy my special day. <laughs> there you go. Well, Rod, that is all I have. Uh, I'm going to be actually at the uh, Memphis Grizzlies Pistons game on the 3rd of February in Memphis. And I'll also be at the uh, Thunder Pistons in Oklahoma City on the 7th. Maybe you'll be there. Maybe I'll get to say hi to you. All right, perfect. Are you gonna go to uh, what's your what's your Memphis spot to eat? Classic barbecue, or what do you do when you go to Memphis? No Brussels sprouts in Memphis. Oh no, 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 no. 
<laughs> yes, yes. You're on vacation when you go on the road, right? You got to enjoy it a little bit while you still can. Yes. Well, Rod, thank you so much for coming on to this episode. It's been a blast. I always love talking to you. And thanks for listening, guys, to the 10th episode of the Shandy Special. We're out.